Hello and welcome to NoCB, a grand strategy podcast. This is Enigmatic Rose speaking, and I'm here with Father Loris. Hello, it's me. Lord Lambert has been kidnapped for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hear there's invaders in his home, and they have kidnapped him and are holding him hostage for this week. So something like it's that. just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> And OBS <laughs> has broken oh, with yeah, the update, so. so we have no cameras this week either. No cameras, because OBS decides to Well, the last few weeks I've been putting off an OBS update, um, because I knew this would happen. Um, <laughs> I updated it, thinking, ah, I've got, got like two hours, but it really messed up everything. I'll figure something out by next week, so, so don't worry. Yeah, it'll, it'll work at some point. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's, it's computers. I don't know how to use computers. I'm not good with computers. I mean, is anyone on here good with computers? It's not <laughs> like we earn a living through them or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone who's living through computers wishes they didn't earn a living through computers because computers suck. They have the worst inventions humanity has ever come up with. Um, I think we could make some arguments about what's the worst invention, mm. but. I, I wouldn't quite put computers there. So, we do have two dev diaries for Vicky 3 because we kind of missed last week. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was all I, about trade routes and tariffs. Mm-hmm. Or was that the one this week? Which one's uh, one? Trade routes and tariffs was last week, and then we have shipping lanes. Uh, so it's all sort of... They're, they're sort of the same thing. Trade routes, shipping lanes. I'm... Land, yeah. water, as long as the goods are getting to the <laughs> location, <ya>. who cares? <laughs> yeah. Ben's, Ben's not I will say, us missing last week was not my fault. I was ready. Oh, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> make last week. No. Um, um, have y'all had the time change yet over there? Or is that this have, weekend? Yeah, no, it was last Monday, I want to say. Yeah, okay. so, so we're, all, we're all on fucked up time now. It's going to be interesting uh, next year, since here in the U.S. it looks like we've only got two more time changes left. Oh. Oh, yeah, you're scrapping it or something, aren't you? Yeah, it passed in the Senate. I think it's also go through the House of Representatives, but it's pretty much a done deal, it seems. We're going to daylight savings time permanently. I don't know why they couldn't just pick standard time, but hey. It's a time. Yeah. Oh, you're going to daylight saving times, babe. Yeah, permanently. So we have a time change this fall, yeah. and then the time change is next spring, which I can only assume we're having the delay so that companies, like, you know, airlines and stuff, can make sure everything is set up properly yeah. with their computer programs. and going to be a massive tech industry, yeah. Yes. Well, especially because part of the world still uses it, like, y'all in Europe, so... yeah. Like half a time. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, Australia, there's like a place where it's like 30 minutes off instead of an hour off. Oh, yeah, Australia. There's a few places in think that do that. Australia is divided into three for no explicable reason. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit stupid. Oh, and then all of China is one. Yeah, but in reality, it's not. Which means some places, it's (laughs) oh, it's midnight. The sun is up. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's an official time and we missed, you know, actual time. Mm. (laughs) Officially, it's all one. It's very weird. Well, officially, it's midnight. 
Yeah, but local time, it's dinner time, so let's go eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, right, anyway, so. trade zones. Trade routes. Tariffs. Well, I mean, we do have trade centers in trade routes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is something I'm particularly interested in. Um, this is more interesting, because this really is like the the era that globalization really kicked off in a, in a major sort of way. Um, mm-hmm. So it's also the era of the clock. Yeah, the clock, clock era. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, it talk. We were going for time change, clocks, trade because trade depended on people, you know, knowing what time to meet up and when the goods are going to arrive. Mm-hmm. Especially with trains, trains, trains are the reason we have time zones. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about this on my next episode, but it's all you know, uh, train-based trade, which is a bit weird. All done through boats, mm-hmm. which makes sense. That's what trade was done. Yeah. It's actually shipping, as and in, still is. Um, as Insomniac is saying in chat, trade sounds really interesting here, which I would hope so, because it's Vicky 3, which is, I feel like, is based around trade more than any other Paradox game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, as, yeah, I mean, like, well, Vicky 2, uh, trade system. Well, yeah, basically, like, I mean, Vicky 2, Vicky 3, the, the whole Vicky line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is based but this is, this is obviously, there's a global market in Vicky 2, and now there's no global market. And uh, um, this is the way that markets interact with each other now, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, so you can set like things like your so basically, um, from my understanding, from this is you trade goods uh, between nations, um, and to be honest, I don't fully understand it. <laughs> I think you you trade goods between nations. We need Lambert here. Like <laughs> I, I don't know about y'all. But as someone who really, like, I think I have, what, seven hours in Vicky 2? Mm. The dev diaries are going to make a lot more sense to me when I can actually play Vicky Oh, 3. no, I've, I've played shit tons of Vicky 2. Like, it's very different. It's very interesting, though. Because obviously well, in Vicky 2, it was, all, it was all like a global market. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, there's little, little gardens, essentially. Marketplace gardens. And how they interact is, is, is really quite interesting. Um, particularly, I think, well, basically, uh, you get like trade hubs with spawn, um, you get tariffs, um, which I'm not quite sure. I think you get directly into your treasury based on goods going in and out of your national market yeah your your mar- markets that's right and um that's based on your laws um for example we've got here um you know we've got mercantilism protectionism free trade and isolationism um which will you know have an impact on your tariffs and i assume free trade has got low tariffs i assume oh, and- isolationist uh well- I wonder here, because they do talk about embargoes later and how embargoes um may not be are not absolute. Yeah. So smuggling. That that strikes me as smuggling. Like, yeah, 
you cannot buy any Indian tea in how France because we're embargoing it because it's owned by the British and we're fighting the British. Yeah. British are like, no, we really want to keep selling you Indian tea. So you're going to keep pushing it. It'll just be smuggled in. Mm. Well, that's which... done through, um, uh, well, like it was done historically by seizing a port, right? So mm-hmm. the example here is in Macau, which is a, a, a trade port. That gives uh, the Portuguese always are able to trade with China. So if China decides, oh, we don't want Portuguese. What are Portuguese known for? Making pork. Wine? Pork, yeah. Yeah, uh, port. Pork. Yeah. Yeah, okay, say in an alternate timeline where the Chinese, you know, weren't addicted <laughs> to opium. They're, addi- they're just raging alcoholics addicted to port instead. Um, Portugal can force China to buy the port. That's my understanding. And even if China embargoes, it doesn't matter because the trade is a trade port. Now, historically, obviously, what happened is Britain seized, seized Hong Kong, and that allows Britain to sell opium to to China. With it doesn't matter if China embargoes it; China can have a complete embargo. But Britain will always be able to sell her opium to China because of a trade war. Now. What I find even more interesting is um, uh, that trade centers um, are, looks like they employ people and earn money, um, which, is, which is rather nice. Um, quite interested to see how that develops. Um, and there's some present in uh, Macau. Uh, I kind of look forward to seeing, like, how that affects, uh, you know, uh, the significance of uh, concession board, especially in China. I would like to see Hong Kong become a big thing. Pretty good in Macau. I mean, they were very important, so I would hope that they stay important? Yeah. Yeah, I'd hope so. And speaking of important, <laughs> get it? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, we're talking about uh, basically how you maintain these international trades and not only international trades but supply routes and links to your other markets for example uh, maintaining an empire now is no longer like uh, just a is no just not no no longer just a no-brainer filled with profit right mm-hmm. maintaining colonies um, not only you know, is it expensive to do in the first place? But also, you have to maintain shipping routes. Owning India, for example, and Britain, it's no good if you can't maintain a shipping route to India. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, what's the point of owning property if you can't get to and from it? Exactly. Yeah, there's no point, like, investing in, like, I don't know, indigo farms in India. If you can't get to India, you have to go back to, like, a. Uh, I don't know, indigo eaters in, in Birmingham. <laughs> Dice well, up, I guess. playing, yeah. like, Switzerland. And, I don't know, you're playing Switzerland. It would, you're trying, you own land in India. You're yeah. going to have some troubles. Well, that's interesting. Like, how, how what, uh, land-locked nations would work? 
Can they do international yeah. trade? Can, can Switzerland import coffee? I mean, the Swiss. I would assume, a, a but I would assume that they would also have to like be not at war with the people around them. Yeah, but like, how would they do it? Because they can't they don't have war, right? Maybe they'd have to like buy it from adjacent there might be... places. Well, right now we have trade centers, and we're talking about shipping lanes in the next Dev Diary. Hmm. So maybe we'll get something equivalent. Oh, that's what I'm looking at now, like for shipping lakes. Um, oh yeah, that's. Um, but like, maybe maybe there'll be something for land. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Because I mean, trade has always happened over land too. It means easier over water. Hmm. But like, there's the uh, the Silk Road. Silk Road has been active was active mm. for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or as Dimsomniac is saying, maybe France imports coffee and then sells it on. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Which would make you know being like a sort of middle management, especially for someone like Austria, right? Pretty landlocked. Um, mm-hmm. Being a sort but of they love their coffee. They in do Austria. love coffee. They very famously love their coffee pastries and shit. Mm-hmm. So being cool. like a sort of middle broker for coffee, say if you're playing like France. Well, and that also makes Austria, sense because real life, the more places that your good has to get through, yeah. the higher the price it's going to be at the end when it gets to mm. you. Mm. And there's middlemen in the, in the middle making money. So, mm-hmm. uh, a better example, like, say if you're playing like Italy and you've got a big coastline, lots of ports, yep. so therefore lots of convoys. You can Lots import your, your coffee or whatever Austrians need. A lot of coffee. And um, make money by getting the coffee and not only selling it to the Italian population, but also selling it to the uh, Austrian population. Mm-hmm. God, I hope Austria is obsessed with coffee. <laughs> I mean, you should just play Austria when they come out, when it comes out, and mm. just make them obsessed with coffee. Yeah. Like, you want to have the highest coffee consumption in all of Europe or something. <laughs> Maybe sugar, too, for all your pastries. Yeah, yeah. You you want to be the largest consumer of coffee and sugar. That would actually be a fun achievement. Yeah, like, playing as if, Austria. If, the ta- if there is a way to, like, track that in Vicky 3, like, make Austria the largest consumer in Europe of, of sugar and coffee. Yeah. It's like a... It's a... It's a similar one for EU4, isn't there? Like, if you're playing as somewhere in Seattle. But Sleepless in Seattle have loads of coffee in mm, Seattle. Let me go take a look. Hmm. In chat there, Finland has Let's the most see. highest coffee. Is that a modern thing, or is it like like Finland always had a really high session of coffee? Uh, I mean, it's cold and dark there a lot of the years. <laughs> coffee sounds like a really good option. Yeah, what are they known for? Yeah. So yeah, Sleepless in Seattle. Own 10 coffee-producing provinces and have your capital in Salish. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds uh, fun. Uh, also, a nice play on that movie. <laughs> which, which is how they It's come. still a little bit of a creepy movie. Like, the fact that she hears him on the radio and then gets obsessed with this man. I've never seen that, actually. Have uh, you ever seen An Affair to Remember? No, no. Okay, so I would honestly watch An Affair to Remember before Sleepless in Seattle just because they reference it a lot. Um, but An Affair to Remember is basically 
two people who are in a relationship or on a boat across the Atlantic. They fall in love with each other. Yeah. They don't really, it depends on the version you're watching, but they, they at least emotionally cheat on their significant others. And then they promise to meet again in a year at the top of the Empire State Building after, you know, breaking up and getting everything cleaned up. And then, spoiler alert, he's there. She doesn't make it because of unforeseen circumstances that happen and kind of ruin her life. And then later they meet up again. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. that That's why the whole obsession with the Empire State Building happens in Sleepless in Seattle. Oh. I didn't even know it was an obsession with the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. What's the one in Seattle that's like a big building? Is it a, um, it's like a needle tower? Or something? Yeah, there's a needle tower. Oh, that thing's like... I would hate to be in that thing. It rotates around too, doesn't it? I just get some motion yeah, sections vomiting everywhere. Well, I've like I've seen in those rotating buildings, they move very slow. Mm. Like it's like an inch every minute or something. It's ridiculously slow. So you're like sitting there eating <laughs> over an hour, and you like some it. of them. I think take an hour or two, three hours to go for a complete rotation. <laughs> it's not like spinning around. I like speed. That'd be funny. No, no. <laughs> oh, Finland's still number one of coffee. Okay, uh, interesting. Well, Finland's got a coastline, so they would be able to, like, maintain the supply route, I guess. I would like, assume as long as they're not at war with, like, Denmark or Sweden, because I could see them cutting them off. Yeah, but you could do it from the top, right? From the White Sea. Eh, for part of the year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> great Karelian um, coffee run. I mean, you start getting into northern <laughs> Finland, you got the same problems like people have in Alaska, where you can only get boats in for like three yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. Out of the year. And the same as all Russians have there. Yeah. Uh. Mm. Oh yeah. So, um, they also talk about effectiveness here, which I would assume that things like being at war with people along your trade routes would lower the effectiveness. Yes. Um, sort of like, I guess, in Hoi 4, it, how, yeah. you know, some of your convoys are still going to get through, yeah. but if someone has subs out there along your route, um, you ain't going to be seeing all those convoys again. Hmm. I believe they mentioned <laughs> Whatever they're here, called. yeah. So, you could do convoys, uh, convoy raids, here we are. Um... So that's mm-hmm. how you block people's shipping lanes, I guess. So I imagine if you have mm-hmm. a, say, an empire, say if you're France and you own Indochina, like this happened historically, and um, you know, Britain has a really powerful navy, I guess uh, if you're France, you really don't want to be going to war with Britain because they'll just wreck your navy and stop all the stuff coming in from Indochina, which would cause the problems, or Algeria, I guess. Which it looks like mm-hmm. France owns. Strip of Algeria there. Well, as they say right here, while India provides Great Britain numerous benefits such as raw materials and population, it's clear that the crown jewel of the British Empire is by no means cheap. No. A massive civilian and military naval industry is required to maintain it and keep it safe. Yeah. And thus it is by no means obvious whether such overseas possessions are always worth it. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be especially prominent, say, for African conquests, right? Especially if you're mm-hmm. playing like somewhere like Germany. Like, or France. Yep. Like, the, the option between having a large um, 
continental power and having a large uh, colonial power very significant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, and compare this to EU4, where no matter what, it's always worth it getting more land overseas. Yeah, yeah. No, this is what's so interesting about this now. Um, and even in Vicky 2, it was like a bit of a no-brainer to set up colonies. It's just, it was just free goods. It was like barely any problem. You just had to deal with like a minor bit of unrest, which is the worst thing in the world. But now, yeah, you have to have to maintain these navies. Um, port systems and um, it maybe. makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, essentially, a colonial empire model. is useless um, if mm. you don't have a navy. But also, okay. say a colonial navy, navy to maintain, if it's not very profitable, those ships could be better used in trade routes, right? So, mm-hmm. or trying to maintain, you know, connections or a colony closer. Yeah. Like, then it also gets you the question, if you'll say you're playing Great Britain and you've got colonies in the Caribbean, you've got India, you've got some maybe down in South Africa, and you go to war with France, where are you taking the ships from? Like, which colony are you going to sort of let oh. go of? Yeah. Or stop defending, or, you know, if we don't make it all of the you know, silk coming in from Hong Kong, it'll be okay, but we really need to keep that fabric coming in from America, the American yes, market. Yeah. Or mm. sulfur. We really need sulfur from Sicily. <laughs> but that fruit from Hawaii, eh, we, we can wait. <laughs> yeah. Sugar mm-hmm. plantations in the Caribbean or something. Yeah. Um, um, we also had like a bit of a teaser. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a teaser from our, and there was a teaser last week too, but since we already talked about the Dev Diary, eh, the teaser's worthless now. I'm sorry, Martin, but it's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is in the same sort of vein. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I believe last teaser was about um, uh, farms, I guess. So you can break down farms and decrease um, the political influence of the farms. But obviously, this i make ramifications for burning all your own farms. Um, this yeah, seems I, I to suggest be a... burning everywhere you produce your food is probably not a good choice. Yeah, yeah. It does weaken the people who own the farm. Um, um, and Dimsonia says, if you can actually seize the goods yourself by piracy or wartime naval actions, no clue. Mm, yeah. It'd be cool if you could, but no no clue. Yeah. Don't, unless I missed it, I don't think it says that anywhere in the diary. But... I mean, that wasn't much of a yeah. thing yet in this time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, so we Yeah, but you can uh, you can change the sort of like uh populations that work in. For example, in this case, a university in Vienna uh can have a, a clerical education or a secular academia. And you know uh I assume... where are you taking the country? Well, I, I think it's it's supposed to do with like the political power that they hold. I assume, like, I would assume that um, because I mean, if you're having most of your population educated by church people, hmm. then I would assume that the church gains more power. Yeah, because also, you know oh, they aren't learning anything that goes against the church. Yeah, or in in a similar way to like last week's uh, teaser, like since all the farms were destroyed, there's there's less like uh, farm owners. To, to be politically viable. If you get rid of yeah. clerical 
education. You know, burn the farms, then you don't have to burn the farmers, and yeah. you don't have to worry about them. Exactly, and and in a similar way, yeah. If you if you're worried about your the power of a priesthood, kicking mm-hmm. them out of their jobs, probably I'll make them angry. But well, wasn't like Oxford originally uh, taught by monks? Yeah, I mean, there's loads of different colleges in Oxford. Well, I know, but, you know, we think of the original Oxford that's been around for a thousand years or whatever. No, I mean, like, Oxford is a collection of colleges, like, you know, Magdalene's or whatever, and, and I, don't, I don't have a college of Oxford. There's loads of different colleges, and some of them were set up secular, and some of them were set up in well, religious ways. The original ones, though, were yeah. all OG, religious, I believe. Yeah, OG, Cambridge, and Oxford, so, if, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been teaching in some form from 1096. Yeah. <laughs> when, I know, and then it grew in 1167 when Henry II banned English students from going to the University of Paris. <laughs> so, oh. so he should have. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty much rule, like, controlled by religious or like taught like there may have been secular people working there no it was, but it was still a very a religious catholic. organization oh. it was set up in the, during the times of the catholic church right it was never a catholic no but i still think it was like a, it wasn't like part of the catholic church but it was still a very religious oh yeah institution, yeah. I thought. yeah it's very religious to... because well i mean monks were the people that had the time to study oh it was never it was never an abbey monastery no no but thing. Hmm. I thought monks. Uh, maybe I think it's somewhere else. Abbeys are normally where the monks are. No. Well, I mean, yeah, abbey, but monastic. No, 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 no. I. It was for secular education for like middle class people. Yeah. Uh, one of them, Saint Bennett's Hall, hmm. was a permanent private hall built by Benedictine monks. Hmm. I guess. Is that one of the colleges. Or... I guess it says a hall. Who knows what y'all mean by that? <laughs> so <laughs> these old old universities here, for example, at Oxford, they have different colleges, and some of them will be secular. Like or original college, like colleges of Oxford, they had a big, obviously, loads of religion was taught. It was not specifically a, a okay. Religious so Gloucester College, Gloucester, Gloucester was established in twelve eighty one. By Gloucester Abbey, and they were they were set up by the Benedictine monks. Okay. So that was a full religious college. That makes sense. Yeah, but different colleges would be different. Some of them, the yeah. later ones, are just completely secular. I mean, like, oh, yeah. you can tell, like if if for example, different colleges in Oxford have got chaplaincy, for example, um, mm-hmm. and obviously the secular ones don't. And then non-secular ones too. They're all mostly Anglican. There's some Catholics about that. Well, and of yeah. course, the place is very different than it was a thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's something you can do. You can uh, basically seize uh, jobs off some people and using secularization, I guess. Universities. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, CK3 has had a bit of an update. Um, you know more about this than I do? Uh, yeah, it was just a tidy little update. 
game balance uh, because there was an issue where vassals would have a truce with their liege and then would still join factions and join rebellions, which they're not supposed to be able to do that if they have a truce. Yep. Um, like that That's part of a truce. That was one of the bonuses of fighting a big rebellion and, you know, defeating it is that all the nobles that fought it, even if you released them from prison, they had a truce with you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's some little things. Country title macros in Korean. Interesting. Um, uh, more things not being cr- translated into Korean. Crash for map editors, for people who are modding, other fixes. Uh, holy orders can no longer raise themselves in wars without a hostile faith participant, even if they are somehow allied in the war. Um, I, I love this that Ivar's sons were older than him in the bookmark screen. <laughs> That is uh, some interesting. <laughs> like that, that's some interesting math. There's some time yeah, yeah. going on there. I <laughs> was born on a leap year. That's uh, the Turkish eagle achievement culture criteria is not required branching directly from Turkish or Greek anymore. Which I think that's an achievement I have not. I don't think I've gone for it. Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, form a hybrid. Yeah. Hybrid. As a Seljuk count in Samosta, form rum and create a hybrid culture. Yeah. Between Aghus and Greek. So, yeah, you don't have to be one of those now. Hmm. Maybe it yeah. allows like um, hybrid cultures that exist. Say, if you wanted to hybridize Persian and Turkish before you do mm-hmm. the Greek and Turkish. Arguably, probably historically happened. I guess if you want to, we were Seljuk Turks were very Persianized. I think so. Um, and then fix some unnatural-looking shadows in certain courtroom setups. Oh, cool. which is all for the good. Hmm. I haven't played it from the last one. It's not there's tribal courts now, isn't there? Yeah, there's tribal courts. Like, they're a special type, they're very basic, and you can't fund, because you know how there's like five settings for each sort of form of funding? Yeah. There's only three for tribal. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's like so, Abby's first court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't <laughs> do as well. And if you do feudalize, you still have access to tribal, unless you change it. Um, and it does have some other bonuses, but again, because you can only go up to, was it three? You are not guaranteed to get a level 10 court unless you get some truly spectacular items. Hmm. Yeah. But I think the me. nicest thing for having the tribal court is the fact that you can actually put out your relics and stuff that you've looted from across Europe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Before, oh, I found my fourth Excalibur, but I can't do anything but leave it in a box. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, what? Oh, no, 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 no. You just hang it in your great hall or, you know, your lodge or... Yeah. Yeah. They you get unique. No, I, I guess they don't get unique scenes. Don't get to have like a monk or a bear or a long No, they, they just have the same image. They just have the same courtroom. I would assume, and I think Leanna and I talked about this on a previous one, in that whenever we do get like another update, like maybe we'll get something with like nomads. Yeah. Then they'll add artwork for tribal courts. Yeah. Add courts. I think you're right, man. Build a lodge out of Excaliburs. <laughs> There's hundreds of so, them. 
I have a question. Leave this as a comment on SoundCloud, YouTube, or respond here in Twitch chat. But has anyone ever gotten a truly epic hat? Because I did an achievement for Poland. Could not, no matter how much I commissioned, could not find anyone who ever made me an epic hat. Epic crown, whatever. <laughs> I finally had to go steal one. <laughs> because just would not happen. And no other CK3 save of mine, including the one I played to 1453, did we ever get a blue or purple hat crown. Yeah, there'll be somebody who's like exclusively got those. There'll be somebody who's like every <laughs> That's single true. Just, but every it's just... just somebody... mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, more CK3 news, though, this week. The console edition has dropped. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, I'm, I'm Sadly, sure, is really I, exciting to someone in the world. Yes. Well, <laughs> I know a bunch of people have pre-ordered it, and it looks like it's pretty cool. Sadly, I can't play it because the newest console I have in my house is like PlayStation Three. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any consoles. Oh no, I got a Switch. Um, I also got a Switch Lite. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's going to be on. It's on the Switch. No, exactly. It's Xbox and PS. The one thing that I actually have, which I barely ever play. Well, oh, like mm-hmm. I was saying, it's like a good travel thing. You know, you play on the airplane or whatever. Yeah. You know, sick of reading whatever book you read. Well, that's why I originally bought a Nintendo DS, like, over ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think I bought a DS for the same reason I bought Switch, actually, just to play fucking Animal Crossing. <laughs> so mm. basically... Yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of people bought a Switch two years ago. I remember they were sold out everywhere when Animal Crossing came yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, that's why I bought mine. Um, waiting for like a good Pikmin game. A good what game? Pikmin. Hitman. Oh, Pikmin. Uh, Has he ever played Pikmin? Pikmin? No. Oh, my Pikmin is great. Um, uh, probably our biggest well, news yeah. this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's more CK3 news. Oh, of course. So a while back, CK3, they made a TikTok account. Hmm. Which was cool, um, but all they did the first few times was, like, the first three videos were Troy giving, he's the community ambassador, our community manager for CK3, and he was giving updates, weekly news, which is nice, but it's not really a format people go looking for on TikTok. It's more of a YouTube format, or, like, for Twitter. Uh, and then they put some clips from official streams, which... They all did okay. I mean, they got several hundred likes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them peaked at 11,000 views. But this past couple weeks, they got Steyuki. Am I saying his name right? Stakiwi. He, he does YouTube or Twitch as well. Um, I think he has a different name on Twitch. Maybe, yeah. Stackyui? Is it Stackyui? I don't know. Yeah, it is Stackyui on Twitch. He's partnered here on Twitch. He's also on YouTube and stuff. But they got him to make some history videos. Right. About CK3. Which are actually very, very good and entertaining. And it's content he usually makes for his own TikTok account. Right. But now, they're paying him to make it for the CK3 account. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good show, sir. Good show. Yeah, I mean, I don't have TikTok. You you know TikTok, I have no idea. Yes, I know TikTok. Which actually, it, it's well, you can't do it on 
computer, but I'm one of the 10 people that CK3 is following. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can... I'm scared I'm not of... sure if that's a claim to fame or not. I'm scared to click anything because it's probably going to break. I, I, I'm not going <laughs> to... I don't know. I don't know TikTok at all. Yeah, it, it doesn't let you see who they're following and you're not, like, logged in and stuff. And it's um, like Instagram levels are these. <laughs> achievement right? a lot. Pretty good. Not bad reach, I guess. Mm-mm. He's like, sure. Oh, and then they put two of the uh, two paint, tea pain. Oh yeah, yeah tea pain. To do. Yeah, a man mm-hmm. I don't know, but I I have been told is famous and does music? Question mark. He does stuff on YouTube. I didn't really know him before this. Like I recognized the name, but I didn't really know anything about him. Hmm. But it is quite humorous. If you open up his uh, T Pain CK3 family tree, and we just play that video for a moment. <laughs> yeah, you can click it. It'll be fine. It'll be really loud. All right, guys. How's it going? Good morning. Hi. I am Sir T Pain the Third. So I am uh, the son of T Pain the Adulterer. How are you guys doing this morning? What's up? Yo, what up? I've gathered us all here today because somebody has killed our cousin, T-Pain, the holy saint of Tallahassee. Hey, look, did we already ask uh, Prince Payne the Kingslayer? Because that seems like an obvious choice. Well, obviously, but he's off shooting content. Nice, cool, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he? Is he a YouTuber? Or like, don't I... No, okay, so he's a... I'm so, I'm so ignorant of, like, pop culture. He's an nowadays. American rapper. American rapper, okay. Certainly don't. Two things I just don't know anything about. That's America and rap. So combination of those two. <laughs> Completely that's my pay grade. Apparently though, he stopped making music mm. in twenty fourteen. Okay. Now makes oh. <laughs> okay. And now he TikToks. makes videos for Paradox. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit too much of an old fogey to understand TikTok um, campaign. But Oh, he joined the Mask Singer, apparently, at one point. He won it, actually, as Monster. Hmm. Is that a dating um, thing where they all have to dress up as furries? No, Mask Singer, they're, it's a singing competition, but everyone's wearing masks and costumes, oh. so you, you can't judge by appearance. I've seen that, yeah, yeah. And well, some no, of them I've... are famous people already, and some aren't, and... Right, okay. No, like, I think even I've before seen... that came to the US, Korea had a version of that show I remember watching years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Apparently he has a Twitch channel. He might do stuff on Twitch, we'll see. I see so. Anyway, we probably should talk about Overlords, um, which is the big news. Um, brand new expansion uh, was announced last week, um, which kind of came out of the blue. Um, yeah, I mean, it's about time for a new news about Stellaris. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was a bit of a low ebb in the dev diaries and bang, new expansion. Um, bang, but... hey, guess what? Expansion time, and we're actually going to be reworking <laughs> vassals, so they actually matter. Yeah. Um, and not just an easy way to integrate a nation. <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, there's, there's two things that uh, seem interesting to me. One is the new vassal stuff for multiplayer. Right, I, I can't see myself. I don't play much Solaris single player anyway, but it does mean that you can, like, basically conquer someone and not knock them up the game, right? 
I'm sorry, what was that? It'd be really useful for multiplayer, every new vassal mechanics. Oh, yeah. I think multiplayer, and I can just imagine, like, the next time they do something like they did for um, last November, what was it? Uh, the event I was part of. Hmm. I forgot the name of it. Whatever, it was the fishy one. <laughs> Aquatics. <laughs> Aquatics, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My brain. Let's blame it on pregnancy brain. <laughs> but the whole story that came of that and everything, I could just imagine how it will be with this. Cause like I was made a vassal at one point and it was literally just so I could get integrated and die. Mm-hmm. Imagine how the story would be if we had overlord. Yeah. Uh, and we have Alfrey in chat saying overlord is pretty awesome. IMO disclaimer. I'm working on it. <laughs> 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 You're just patting your own back there, huh? <laughs> um, don't know about affecting ethics. We get a lovely image in, we get this week's dev diary. If Loris will switch, we'll probably be switching back and forth between the two. But for this week's dev diary, it shows the uh, subjugation like setup. So diplomat diplomacy, or they have limited freedom, restricted, independent, expansion. Mm-hmm. So you can even potentially expand as a vassal, which could be really cool in multiplayer. Yeah. In a feudal society thing, how fun mm-hmm. Yeah, because right now I've never really done much with vassals. It's just like the most it might be is a way to easily integrate an entire nation rather than just munching on them a little bit at a time. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. It it was kind of an eh system. Yeah, and then here you can also determine how much how much uh of every good they have to give you. Yeah, so, so you like, can you can really fine tweak the, the tributes basically. Like I could see it working, let's say multiplayer, you are a little techie person and you know you're squeezed in between two empires that are very good at rushing early on because they're militaristic yeah and you might be able to beat them eventually once you get your tech higher far enough ahead but until that point comes you're in a rather delicate position so you approach one of them and you say hey i would like to vassalize myself to you mm-hmm. and i would like i will tribute you know i'll give you some research some resource i'll give you lots of research and some resources but i still have you know independent diplomacy expansion permitted but i'm just giving you goods and in return you protect me Mm. um which is a protectorate i believe is it because in the previous one they show there's three side there's three types we have the image of a shield with four circles and then we have like a red mineral and then a blue eye which I would assume the shield is more of a protectorate. The red, like they just give you lots of resources and maybe blue is they give you intelligence or something. I don't, I don't know, but also you can pledge secret fealty. Yeah, which I, I did quite understand the secret fealty thing. So are you their vassal if you pledge secret fealty? Do other people well, see says, if you're a vassal? Disloyal vassals will look for ways to be free of your tyranny. Yeah. So let's say I'm vassalized to you hmm. and you're not treating me very nicely. Yeah. We get attacked. You don't really do a good job. So I approach one of your rivals and say, I'm going to swear secret fealty to you. 
Um, you just have to help me fight to get free of them, and then I'll give you my stuff. Uh, okay, I'm in, okay. Are new, and we'll be going into details soon. Yeah, I know new, but I would assume I was guessing. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, some of the stuff I'm really quite interested in, yeah, the, um, mm -hmm. the origins, right? Um, which, obviously, we'll, we'll learn more about in the future. Stuff. Yeah, we, I do like yeah. origins in general. Uh, as for on the Steam page, I've. Um, we also have like shared destiny is being changed. Mm. You know, oh yes, for, yeah, yeah. Um, not yeah. only more envoys, but subjects do not suffer monthly loyalty penalties when you have multiple subjects. Yeah, it'll be a no-brainer if you're playing a more feudal realm or a more dominating white realm, right? You're playing vassal swarm. Yeah, yeah. Which that might even be like a viable way to play even in single player is to try and do a vassal swarm of yeah yeah i imagine but um, what else we're getting is five new origins in overlord including one for hive empires yeah uh looks like possibly three new enclaves because there's three images there um three like a new megastructure other new constructions a network tying the galaxy together with your capital and center. Does that mean we're getting trains? Like, is a train network coming to Solaris? <laughs> I mean, okay, if it's a train system of hyperlanes or whatever, I don't know. I am sold completely. Like, I'm, 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 in, I'm interested in this pack from a multiplayer standpoint, and I'm interested in new things. I barely ever play wide, but I will probably, you know, end up like. I'm always a one in situation where I'm. Normally, one who's getting stomped on in multiplayer because I'm not very good at Solaris. So <laughs> now I can play as a sort of vassal. You just vassalize yourself to someone, like play yeah, with DJ yeah. and vassalize yourself to him. Yeah, or... exactly. So I'm interested for that. Um, but man, if you can build a bloody international webway of choo choo trains, I'm fucking over the mood about this. <laughs> um, but I don't know. We'll find out. Exclude your influence and build a network tying the galaxy together. I don't think. Uh, is directly related to rail infrastructure. Probably a diplomatic no, thing. Probably not. It just sounds fun. I wish, but uh, alas. Yes. Um, yeah, there's, there's not much more. Normally, uh, when, when something goes live on Steam and Paradox Game, there's a lot of bullet points, and you can glean some extra information, so looks around for that, yep. and much. And there's still no price listed or release date. It just says coming soon. That's right. Um, Coming soon, like always. Yeah. That is a new alien image, though, if you go to the Steam page, I'm pretty sure. Or am I just forgetting that look? Because maybe I just never check it. It's like a red hooded dude if you're on the Steam page. Yeah, but he came with the classics. Okay, maybe yeah. I. Yeah, but uh... yeah, look at the gateway. Like, that looks like a gateway, but it doesn't look like a gateway. It's something else. Hmm. If you see, like the ships are flying into it, but that's not what gateways look like. Whereabouts on the Steam page? Yeah, the Steam page, second image, two or four oh, screenshots. Yes, yeah. Like it does mm -hmm. look like a web, uh, gateway, actually. And then we have this ring around a planet. Like it looks like a ring world and a um, the the mass. Thingy majigger for black holes, like a mix of the two. Yeah, yeah. Now these two mega structures do look interesting. If that is a a webway sort of thing, 
That would be cool. Uh, there's also some more info tease and give it out in some of the YouTube videos that they've put up Alfred is saying. Uh, okay. Okay, we'll have a look at those later in the week then. I'll be mm-hmm. trying to suck information out of the, yeah. of the day <laughs> diaries and the Steam page. <laughs> this tells you how much I do Paradox games. I scroll down. More DLCs from this game. In library, in library, in library. <laughs> <laughs> more for Paradox Interactive Official. In library, in library, in library, in library. So the other thing we should mention too, the other, the other bonus to being a vessel is uh, you can get invested in a similar way to like corporate overlords, right? Um, mm-hmm. You can uh, get loads of different bonuses. I won't go through every single one of the buildings. I can tell you health, but there's, there's uh, basically... Um, something that you know you can you can invest in. <laughs> sometimes advantageous uh, uh, for your vassals. Sometimes they take a little bit from your vassals and give it to your overlord. Um, so you can depends just how benevolent you want to be. Yeah. Do you want them to try looking around for a new overlord? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems interesting. It's going to be interesting. Oh. One thing to point out, though, is we talked about how integration was pretty much always guaranteed before with vassals. It said here, as a major change from current gameplay, there are no vacillation contract presets that have integration enabled by default. That's right. It must be explicitly turned on in contact ne- contract negotiations. Hmm. Which I imagine in the eyes case just means sucking up, and in a player's case means no. Yeah. What happened? Uh, Alfred um, says um, there's over 20 buildings overlords have built. Okay, cool. Oof, that's, that's a good amount. <laughs> okay. I was expecting like six. Yeah, I mean, that is more than corporates have, I, I believe. Mm. Corporates have that many. I think corporates have like 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, also, there's some corporate specific overlord buildings, I should say, along with uh, hive minds. Yeah, maybe there's some hive specific ones too. Yeah. Yeah, or like, robotic. Then you know, to hive. Mm-hmm. You know what? We have not had as nearly as many tangents as I thought we would. No, no. We've been pretty succinct, actually. <laughs> <Not by Yeah>. <laughs> Good job. Well, I've, we might have spent more time on Vicky 3 if we had Lambert with us. Yeah, and probably we were talking a little bit about Warhammer updates. Um, but I oh, think it, very... <laughs> yeah. If Lambert was here, yes, we'd be spending lots of time talking about Warhammer. <laughs> well, there's not much news about Warhammer, actually. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit about it next week. Making a few changes here and there. Um, uh, there's recently there's been uh, plans for a patch that fixes a lot of problems people have had with the game. Um, but we'll probably talk about it with Lambert next week. Because um, mm-hmm. you're not a big fan of the old Warhammer, are you? Well, I've never really played it. I really don't know much about it. So, eh. Yeah. <laughs> and from what I've heard, it sounds like a very deep and cool world. But I've never really felt the urge to go diving into it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. All right. Plus the Total War games, I'm just, I have tried playing them. They're solid, but they just, I don't know. Like, the gameplay just does not grab me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they feel right. They're quite fun. I think I prefer Paradox mm-hmm. games. 
Um, so, yeah, what have you been up to this week? Um, I was playing some Sims last week mm. in Core Keeper. Core Keeper is a lot of fun. It's like a top-down Terraria. It's still in early access. Right. But it's really fun, <laughs> in my opinion. Core Keeper is on Steam. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. It's, you can play with up to eight players in your world. Oh, it's multiplayer. Okay. Uh-huh. So right. I'm doing some multiplayer with uh, Pat Adams. Cool. All right. And also streams his side. Yeah, no, I'm always interested yeah. in multiplayer games, especially but it's, it's like Terraria, you start with like, well, you can pick your background, so you might start as with nothing, or you could pick that you were a farmer, or mm-hmm. a hunter, or whatever. Which it doesn't really matter, because it just basically gives you a little leg up in the beginning. Yeah. You level up skills, and you go down and take out bosses. We just finished like the whole inner ring, and activated the core, and now we're going on to the outer ring, where... I'm assuming the bosses are much scarier, but there's like this whole creepy bug area where the walls like pulsate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, can you build and stuff? Every time Just you like put drawer? torches down, the bugs go and pick them up again. Assume you can build stuff. Oh, yeah. You build a whole. Um, like you build your whole base, like Terraria. Okay, cool. Mm hmm. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't play much Terraria. I played a fair bit of Starbound. Right. Yeah, so similar to Starbound, Terraria, the whole dealio. So you have... So one good. thing that's cool, they have a cartography table, so you're playing with multiple players. Once you get, like, I think it's iron, you have to get several levels in with materials. You can build a cartography table. And once you go to that, other players who are playing that game can go to it, and they get your whole map. Oh, cool. So you can share your explorations, which is so nice. <laughs> Oh, my lord. Yeah, that's pretty So nice. Yeah, it's like fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of fun. It only came out a couple weeks ago. I've dropped uh, about a little less than 20 hours in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're probably about halfway through the content. Uh, but then again, it is still early access. And they, like, there's biomes they're talked about they haven't even added yet. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll check it out. So, what have you been up to, Loris? Uh, doing a bit of drawing, doing a bit of painting, throwing out some bookshelves, mostly DIY stuff, and a little bit of commission work. How's your staircase doing? Good. Staircase is pretty much done. Right? Still for a while. Um, same as it was before. Um, <laughs> still there. Hasn't fallen down, at least. So. Well, that, that would be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. All right. So, if you want to continue to watch uh, No CB podcast, we go live every week on Twitch. Just follow us on our Twitter account, and you will get updates on that. Mm-hmm. And then our vods get saved here on Twitch. They go to YouTube, and then Laura's here is supposed to be editing our audio to go yeah, up on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, sure. Stitcher. Um. He has promised to do that this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a bit of a... The last few weeks, we apologize if the audio was not great there. I just <laughs> uploaded the raw audio. It's, yeah, it's better than not getting it uploaded. Um, yeah, it's just I'm, I'm learning the editing. Yes, because Leanna did that before for us. So. Yeah. There's a little bit of a hiccup, but don't worry, we're going on. Yeah. So. All good. All right, Thank well. you so much for hanging out with us, guys. 
Yeah. And uh, pray to whatever god because uh, the rosebud just slept through the entire podcast. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like he's still in bed sleeping. That's impressive. <laughs> that is a first. <laughs> All right. Alrighty. Have a lovely night. Bye, guys. Bye. Have a good night.